It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, the holiday edition is we are in here on Labor Day. Too big a week, man. It is Colorado, Nebraska week. It is Buff week. And uh, we'll be out there in Estes and in Boulder setting the scene for you. Uh, we will be at Big Red of the Rockies Thursday. Of course, the Gary Michaels event Friday. And hunkered down pre and post game for you at Blur. Blur parties, man. We'll talk to Stacy tomorrow. But it's all set. The difference being, Elijah, is... Well, Nebraska is not going in 1-0. That has dampened your mood a little bit as a Nebraska fan. And who'd have thought the Buffs would walk in ranked 1-0 and the talk and toast of college football? We'll uh, tackle all of that. Numbers to get in today at 489-1240. 489-1240. First hours for you. And in hour two, the Blackshirt Hour, Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, will get us kicked off. His thoughts on the good from Minnesota and uh, what you need to take with you to Boulder. Uh, Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore going to join us at 525. But always welcome to check in with us. A couple of different ways to do so. Phone lines, email, chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, fire up the... Uh, the YouTube channel, Hale Varsity YouTube, watch us there. Watch us on the Hale Varsity Radio uh, Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio. Plenty of thoughts from Coach Rule to get to today, and uh, we'll uh, we'll ask you to to lay down on the the leather couch and just kind of get where your psyche's at post Minnesota, pre Colorado. Elijah, we got someone uh, jumping in with us. Yeah, we have Michael online. But before we get there, I do just have one quick point to make here. I've been thinking about this all afternoon. Um, you know how some people out there say we need to put the, the Christ back in Christmas? Sure, yes. And, and Which I, I don't think is a bad thought at all. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm for it. I think it's fun to see us, though, here putting the labor back in Labor Day. <laughs> Look at us. Like, during football season, we're, we're, we're bringing the holiday back Jesus, to Jesus, us. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, hey, I think we're... the, the reason for, for the that. holiday. The reason for the holiday is labor. And look at us putting in our labor on a Monday. And I will not lie to you. I woke up this morning, and it was great weekend. Loved being at Pearl Jam. Loved spending time with Cranach and BP. Loved uh, getting the meat sweats on a Friday night at, at 8.30. Uh, loved eating pizza at 3 a.m. Uh, before my flight. It was, it was just a, it was a great time. The game was tough for Nebraska fans, but we just we had such a good time doing live shows and seeing all the, the listeners and, and Nebraska fans. So we, we absolutely appreciate you there. But 
man, everyone's just ready to, well, the season's done. I mean, that's that's the the mood right now. Yeah. And I know I know Thursday sucked if, if you're a big Red fan. And I know it's the same movie. And it's the same sort of torture. I just, listen, I know it's Monday. But I don't think it's going to go awful for you Saturday. I just don't. I'll, I'll explain. I'll get there. We've got a whole week of great Husker and Colorado guests lined up. We're going to be on site for you. And I, lo- I wish Nebraska-Colorado played every year. I love this. I, and as much as as a, as a kid I didn't like Colorado growing up, there's a, there's a healthy respect for them. And there's now some wow for me because of what they did. I don't think TCU is very good. But for them to do what they did with 87 transfers, uh, shell out four different 100-yard receivers and not blink, dude, Prime did – what he said he was going to do, brought his Louie, and, and man, Louie performed. They were incredible. They, for, that's a big win for them to get that early. Yeah, and I've, I've been saying it all offseason long. I said this to you off air. I've been saying pretty much most of the offseason. I, I, I wasn't as high on Colorado as a lot of people in Colorado. I didn't think that game one was going to look that great for them. But I've been saying all summer long that Prime's had a method to his madness. Every single time we've heard one of the weird stories, I've been laying out, hey, there's a method to this madness. Like, Oh, if one of your teammates is in a fight, you're going to fight? That's showing. That's like bringing your team together and putting everyone mm-hmm. on the same side and saying, hey, you're going to stand up for your teammates. You're going to be there for each other. There's been method to his madness. Did I expect it to pop in week one like that? No, not necessarily. But I think if you thought that Colorado was going to be a pushover and they were going to be a mess this year and they didn't have any talent, I don't think you've really been paying attention. I, th- I think the, the more surprising thing is how quickly it looked like it gelled into week mm, one. That's absolutely But it. if you didn't think that there was talent on that Colorado team, you were just paying attention to people on Twitter not actually paying attention to the news because Prime brought in a whole bunch You're of ho- talent. You were hoping they weren't going to be this good this early. Yeah, exactly. That's absolutely it. We got Michael on the phone Michael, lines. thanks for your patience uh, while we keep uh, running our mouth. Go for it. Thanks for the phone call. Hey, good to be on with you guys. So I was at the game on Thursday. Full disclosure, I am a Gopher fan. And I just got to say that those were two, I think, really top-of-the-line Big Ten defenses. And, look, I don't like that we started with a conference game any more than you do. I think that's unnecessary stress. And since there's no, since there's no preseason in college football, you know, I wish we could get some of those easier games first. But, boy, I was impressed with, you know, what Matt Rule was able to do defensively in such a short time. And Nebraska also had an offensive identity, you know, through that power run game. So, you know, I'm obviously really happy the Gophers, elated the Gophers got the win. I thought they deserved to do so. But, you know, Nebraska is definitely on the right track. And I guess, you know, I think, I think the Matt Rule era, it's, it's the first time I've been nervous during a Nebraska game in a long time, I'll tell you that. <laughs> wow. You're just waiting for something bad to happen for Nebraska, and you're like, yeah, it's going to happen. There it is. Well, two turnovers. You guys turned him into points, and, hey, uh, great atmosphere. Student section was electric. Uh, Gopher fans like pouring a beer with Nebraska fans, win or lose. It's been more on the, on, the, on the win side of things for Minnesota recently, Michael, and yeah, I mean, there's some things to work with for Nebraska. You just got to make sure they're they're portable with you and you have the right personnel to to make those corrections. I think you do staff-wise. I think you absolutely do with some uh, some of your personnel choices, but there's also some limitations or you're hoping specifically at quarterback, your quarterback can kind of change from what he's been 
and that's turnover prone, but you see a ton of athleticism. Mike, I appreciate you saying hi. Thanks for the phone call today. Absolutely. Take it easy. All right. Good to hear from him. Michael, the Gopher fan, chiming in. And that's that's some praise there for what Nebraska looked like under Coach Rule, but just couldn't finish the deal. I, I don't know that I don't know that Nebraska's going to be in this same realm, although it's already happened in game one where they're going to absolutely break your heart every week or be in a – I do believe they'll probably be in, in one-score games about every Saturday yep. for most of the season. Mm-hmm. I guess my faith level, if I'm looking at this, at, at covering different programs over the years is – Matt Rule will find a way to get it fixed. Well, and, and one of the things we laid out before the season even started, back when we were at the uh, the Pinnacle Bank Championships for golf, was that Nebraska's record this season is really going to come down to how well Nebraska does in one-score games. Because we laid it out back then. I think nine or ten of the games on the schedule, you can look at preseason and say, yeah, that's, that's probably going to be a one-score game at some point in the fourth quarter. And Thursday night was no different. You're now 0-1-1, and I think we laid it out back then. If you want to make it to a bowl, you just got to go 501-score games. And... What Nebraska has on Saturday, I think, based on what I saw from TCU and based on what I saw from Nebraska against Minnesota, I think Nebraska has a better defense than TCU. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I don't think Nebraska necessarily has a more put-together offense than TCU, but I think you have some weapons, and I think you have an offensive line that's going to be able to make some hay in the running game because TCU ran for over 200 yards on that Colorado defense. I think you are going to have some opportunities, and I think at the end of the day, it's most likely going to be another one-score game on Saturday. Can Nebraska get to back to 500 and one-score games if, if it goes how I think it will? Mm-hmm. That's going to be the question on Saturday because I, I don't see either team running away with it on Saturday. And a lot of people thought Nebraska could run away with it, put those hopes to bed. This this offense of Colorado has way too much talent the for Nebraska to pull it away. slow burn, my well, friend. What it's going to be is it's going to be Nebraska's defense trying to carry the water for Nebraska's offense. And, uh, and I think it's going to be a close, lower-scoring game. If I had to bet right now, I'd bet the under on, I think, 64 points is the total right now. I'd look under on that. I don't think that, that Nebraska's defense is even close to as bad as what I saw from TCU on film. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. So it comes down to me. Can Nebraska, in another close game, get it done on Saturday? Because I believe it's going to be a close game. Brennan chimes in. We'll get to more of your comments in the stream. We'll get to some of your emails as well. Chris at Hale Varsity. Dot com can dial us up 800-825-5865 where you hear us across the state and uh, 489-1240. So Brandon nails it, our dear friend from the Black Hills. I think it's safe to declare uh, week one of college football knee-jerk week. Uh, so much uh, of good football is how consistent you are. Are you a flash in the pan who's regressed from last year? Time will tell. That is... Part of what I'm taking with me into Boulder Saturday, if I'm if I'm looking at these things, does Colorado have weapons and choices and talent? Yeah. Do they have the lines of scrimmage to uh, to to stand up to a, a phone booth game? And that's what Nebraska will want to make this. That's what Nebraska needs to make this. Can they hammer away and take it to the fourth quarter? Game plan was working, except. I you always got to just preface this, except for the turnovers, and I know that was part of the game. Uh, your job is to not commit those uh, or, or have folks in the game that, that won't commit them. Uh, but Nebraska's line of thinking Thursday night was we need one more score, and I'm not playing for Nebraska when I say we. I'm, I'm giving you a thought bubble from the coaches. And they needed one more knockout shot. 
points of any kind. Three, seven, and that's why they went deep early in the fourth quarter. That's why Grant was in at the eight-minute mark. Uh, he, he has the best ability of the backs to take it the distance. And he had a nice run on that, that carry, and then it got stripped away. Minnesota just made some fantastic plays, made their own luck, and then uh, finished it off uh, with uh, just the poise, and that's what Coach Fleck talked about. Poise is also going to be the theme this week. And poise is about Nebraska establishing uh, and continuing this, this run-first identity based on physicality. And it's also about prime and poise. All right, how do they handle and react mm-hmm. to, again, the backslaps, the love fest, the features, the attention? Now, Dion will get a statue build of him in Boulder if he opens the season up 2-0. and You beat TCU as a 21 and 20 in a point 20 point and a half dog Mm -hmm. you went outright and then if you take down colorado i should say you take down nebraska as your home opener at colorado everyone wearing black and gold is going to just fall to their knees and worship because look what you've done through two games man you're the toast of college football enjoy this week you've earned it as the toast of college football colorado but can you lock in and focus your kids? I have no worries that Dion and his staff will be hard on them in a way to, to get them prepped so they're not feeling themselves. But it's reality. It's human nature to, to stop back and admire maybe what you just did. Can they keep going? Uh, can Colorado respond to being a, a, a team that has a much greater outlook than originally thought? Can Nebraska respond to continuing to, to build to be the team they want to be? Yes, the defense and special teams are, are, are nice additions to this 2023 season. Can the offense do what they're supposed to do, and that's take care of the football, grind it out, get you about 21 points? Can your passing game not be a liability? Can your quarterback – that's the other thing. Like, what, what is Jeff Sims going to do this week? And how does he respond? Because, man, he's super talented with his legs, got a live arm, and he's a guy you want as someone that can make plays for you on offense. But when push comes to shove, is he going to be able to make the right decision in a key moment or two? Not asking him to play perfect. The next interception, don't throw your six-pack through your your 70-inch flat screen. Uh, if it happens with two minutes to go and it's a tie ball game, really don't do that because you're you're going to be on TV number three after two weeks college football, assuming you, you threw it through your TV set after the Minnesota interception. There, there, a lot will unfold and be told Saturday about, uh, about 2 o'clock Central Time with how Nebraska is, how you're feeling as a fan base, and what the reality of Colorado is. And it's going to be absolutely fun all week to try and uh, get it figured out. 489-1240. But with, with Nebraska and your level of optimism and interest, I mean, it has swung. Bumping into Nebraska fans at the airport. Bumping into folks out and about in Minneapolis. Yeah, you're not happy about a loss. You're not pleased with how it went down i mean it was the the same old torture 
that said, the the outlook and, and excitement has swung after one loss, <laughs> and it's some PTSD because of previous coaching changes where, man, you're in this here-we-go-again mode. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get you in in just a moment. But it, it has flipped, Elijah, like the line. It's gone from eight-and-a-half Nebraska favorite to now the Buffs are a two-point favorite in Vegas. That's where the Nebraska fan base and the, I guess the belief here that, that year one can be, at minimum, a bowl season, it all hinges on Saturday, and you're not feeling great about it going in. I feel better. I feel better about how Saturday can can be a good day for Nebraska. We'll tell you more, uh, get to more of your calls. Great to be with you on Labor Day. It's Hail Varsity Radio, and we're presented by Currency. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio on a holiday Monday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. I have gotten an update from the, uh, the swimming hole, Elijah. So Mama Bunny is at the swimming pool with Katie and Dora and uh, Junior and, and his little friend is there. And apparently my wife has been sunburned. I'm not quite sure if it's Police Academy 4 sunburnt, but there will be no back rubs tonight, apparently. Mm. Mm, you sound mm. just <laughs> you sound absolutely sad about that. Heartbroken. Sweetie. Don't look at me. I'm burnt. Here's some aloe, sweetie. I'm st- I, the, the thing is, is like, I'm just still... Like, You're mad at me that we're here. No, I'm not mad at you that we're here. I'm mad at myself for how my fantasy draft went last night. You know, I, th- I felt good about which, my which team. Which was what? 17 pitchers? No, fantasy football. No, 17 pitchers of beer. Oh, no, we only made it through five. Okay. Um. Well, and then a couple of 30 racks. Yeah, it was a long night. And it was one of those nights, you know, where, yeah. You're shaking it off today. Yeah, well, well, I felt good about my team last night. And then I woke up this morning and checked my team. and went, Absolutely oh, hate my team. Here's my 150. <laughs> uh, I'll see you next year. I'm, I'm already done. Who's with us? Gary's on the line. Gary, thanks for hanging in. Go ahead. You bet. Three uh, real quick things. First of all, I'm a total supporter of the coach and the staffing. So I'm just going to cover that. But mm. three things. Number one. You never leave three points on the field. That field goal that we chose not to kick, bad decision, coaching, number one. Uh, coaching, number two. You got a, a tendency with a quarterback of throwing picks. After he threw the first one, you got to adjust the damn uh, process for, for that young man to throw things that he can make nut into traffic. We didn't do it. Coaching decision. 
Number three, every defensive coordinator in the world is going to have somebody looking at tendencies of everybody that carries the ball. Who do we give the ball to? We give the ball to one that has a tendency to fumble the ball in a critical, the last critical time of the game. Coaching mistake number three. Those are my points. Thank you. Gary, appreciate it. And I think Rule was asked about decision decisions from a, from a personnel standpoint. And, and I know that it's up to Barthel, and I think there's communication with Barthel and, and Satterfield with who's in the game when. And my, my question is this with what your play calls are. You're calling what you've repped. You're calling what your guy does well, okay? And you're going with what your eyes told you in live action during a scrimmage. Now, scrimmage versus Minnesota is two different things, specifically with an all-Big Ten safety back there. But no, I mean, you're not wrong, Gary. Your points, it came down to some coaching decisions. Now, to flip it around, uh, if, if again, if, 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 there's going to be a game where Grant's in that he's going to bust a run. So do you not have him in there because you're worried about the fumble? You could. I, I, you could live that way. But again, Nebraska was trying for a knockout shot, and it didn't work. And they got knocked out by, by two turnovers. You know what? It's going to be so easy to to look at Sims and just say he is what he is. And, and history does predict that, right? What's your future performance look like? Well, what's your past revealed? People can change, and you can change as a quarterback. How much, You just need a little bit more of a change. You still need the athleticism. You still need the arm strength. You still need some durability. You still need his legs in this offense, Elijah. But you just need either to simplify or just he needs to just as a, as a guy who's played quarterback for four years, make better decisions. And uh, you just, if you're a Nebraska fan, you hope that happens on Saturday. Well, well in just a, a rebuttal to a couple of those points. First off, I don't think we see Jeff Sims throw it over the middle of the field as much next Saturday. Something Gary said in our Saturday morning show, Gary Sharp, that is, was roll him out, kind of give him that high-low look where you can get a tight end out in the flat, get Marcus Washington on a, uh, on a flag route, kind of get yourself some looks that way, and hey, if neither of them are there, Jeff Sims, you can use your legs. I think we're probably going to see some more of that. I think we're going to see some more rhythm throws out to the flat. How about getting in rhythm? So, Got to have the ball to get in That's rhythm. what I'm saying. Getting, getting Ramir Johnson out in the flat and let Jeff Sims get into some rhythm first and foremost before you're asking him to make all these throws from the pocket where there's a three-man rush beating down on him. Like, I don't think you just said that out loud. A three-man rush beating down on him. I mean, that's what it was. No, I know, but it's a three-man rush chasing him all over. Get him rolling. Give me a run-pass option every yes. pass play. Yeah, and allow him to build some confidence that way. Uh, another thing I want to say is there's been so much made of that decision making before the end of the half. Matt Rule didn't do anything wrong. I don't understand where the venom comes from a Husker Nation. There's 11 seconds on the clock. You don't have any timeouts, so what's the play call? You throw it into the end zone because if it's it an away, incompletion. You throw it to your guy. Yeah, and if it's an incompletion, you still have time left to kick the field goal. Matt Rule didn't say, hey, I don't want the three points. I'm going for the touchdown. He wanted to go for the touchdown before he went for the three points, and it's unfortunate that Jeff Sims threw a pick. I don't think Matt Rule thought he was going to throw a pick there. I don't think anyone in Nebraska thought he was going to throw a pick there, but he does, and then people come back and say, well, you should have taken the three points. If Matt Rule takes the three points with 11 seconds on the clock, that is the biggest coaching blunder in, in Nebraska football history. It makes no sense whatsoever. Like, that has been something that I saw a whole bunch this weekend that I never quite got where people are coming from. Like, there's 11 seconds on the clock. You have time to run two plays. 
he was going to go for the end zone on play one, and then he was going to kick the field goal on play two. He didn't say, I don't want the three points. So that, that aside, and then the third point with Anthony Grant, I don't, wouldn't be surprised if we saw less of him. I liked what I saw from Ramir on Thursday, liked what I saw from Gabe Irvin on Thursday. Anthony Grant showed you what he was through fall camp and now through game one. I don't think he's going to be off the field completely. I do think we probably get some more limited touches for Anthony Grant, and I bet there's going to be some ball control drills at practice as well. Um, and hey, whenever you're in the game, you better have two things on, two hands on that at all times. So those, Absol- those are my, my rebuttals to those three points. Abs- no, absolutely uh, agree with what you're saying. Nebraska just got to flat out take care of the football, be better, and uh, find some something they're great at. Offensive line wise, before we move on and get some rule commentary, I think they can go in and go heavy and just hammer away. I think the idea of rolling out or some sort of play action with the underneath game, like you did with Harburg, could you wear that out all day Saturday with Fedoni, with Harburg, with with one of your tight ends or, or fullbacks? TCU ran it against Colorado with a lot of success. Yeah. I'm not sure if anyone saw that, where it's the... the the, it's the H-back that just kind of slips it, away it, underneath. It's the inside zone look. The H-back coming across, trying to, to kick out the defensive end, and you run right past the defensive end. TC ran that a couple times against Colorado for good success. I think we see that again. They also ran it out to the to the flats well with the, the running back swing. I think that's why we see that a little bit more from Ramir this week. Are as well. you worried about the receiving core? IGC's done. You've got Kemp that, that didn't have a grab. Uh, Washington's back. That'll be good. And, and you have Lloyd and, and Malachi that are two guys that can get deep, along with Tommy Hill playing both ways. You're, you're going to have Jeff Simmons, who's a good deep ball guy, off a play action that's going to need to hit a couple of those. And uh, they, they did not connect at all last Thursday. But that's got to be a different uh, outcome for Nebraska. Let's hear well, a little. Go quickly, ahead. you just asked, are you concerned about the wide receiver core? Upon my rewatching of Thursday night's game, I was more concerned with the lack of utilization of the tight ends. That was more concerning to me because you came into this game knowing that you weren't perfect in the wide receiver room. You weren't as, got other there, as talented there. But we've heard a whole bunch this fall about the tight ends and using two tight end sets and Fedoni's look good and Borkatur's look good. And they didn't get him involved in the offense on Thursday. I'm more concerned about that because people will talk about Jalen Lloyd, Malachi Coleman all they want. I'm not convinced those guys are ready for high-level college football. I think if they were ready, you would have seen them on the field more than you did on Thursday night. You had the one play from Lloyd, and uh, I can't remember Coleman getting the ball at all on Thursday night. I think you would have used those guys because it was no secret coming into this game based on the talent Nebraska had in that wide receiver room and how thin it was. Like Joel Cloud even talked about it. That was part of his game preview. People knew how thin Nebraska was at wide receiver. If those guys were going to get involved early in the off, or early in the season and if they were going to be more involved next week, I think they would have been more involved against Minnesota. So the concern is there from me. I think you can use the tight ends a little bit more. You've heard so much about them. At least that's the hope. If not, you better have a damn good rushing attack. And I did like what I saw from the offensive line running the football, at least on Thursday night. They, yeah. got, they got a good push. No, they, they were able to, to hammer away. Uh, here is Coach Rule from earlier today on Jeff Sims and, and his response this week against Colorado. Yeah, when I left last night, he was in there watching tape. So, um, you know, he's, uh, he's not the first quarterback that's ever thrown three interceptions you know he um he'll uh you know the great ones bounce back from it and even better so 
Um, I think you find out about people when they go through a little bit of adversity. So obviously, he had not been trending that way. You know, got in the game, made some made some plays that if he could take back, he would, but he can't. So we'll just uh, we'll just be there for him as he gets better this week. So that's a, a good response from Coach Rule. How do you respond to adversity? And listen, it, it, we've talked about the outlook for Nebraska fans right now swaying after a tough loss and then you couple that with Colorado's wild performance and the I don't want to say support but just the positivity the outlook has shifted a bit uh, much like the Vegas line is Dion and company favored by one and a half Nebraska was eight and a half going in Mike checks in I guess I'm different than most of our fans. I saw way, 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 way more positive thing Thursday than negative. Uh, That's fair. And and football guys talk about turnovers a ton. It's boring, but it's so true, Elijah, that that is your difference maker. That is your equalizer. That is your killer. Uh, More from Mike as his post was a little lengthy, and we appreciate his input. Thought both lines played decent. Defense was flying around, seemed way more physical that in past years, uh, penalties uh, and turnovers, of course. But I think Nebraska physically can go in Saturday and and beat up Colorado a little bit on both lines. That's got to be the game plan, and I think it'll be the game plan. But that's that's how you get out of Boulder with a win. Well, the, the best way to, to, to limit the playmaking of Colorado's offense is to watch. keep them off the field. They can watch. Keep them in investigating what type of wood that Colorado uses on their benches on the sideline. Like that, that's what your offense, the offense of Colorado, should be doing. Instead of can Nebraska get that done? I mean, Minnesota's a team that's been very, very good at ball control for the past four or five seasons, and Nebraska pretty much. I know you're about a minute shy of them, but like if you don't have those turnovers, it looked at the end, awful early. I mean, if, if you don't have those, well. if you don't have those turnovers at the end, you take the time of possession against Minnesota, which is very, very hard to do. And I know it's hard to say if you don't have those turnovers because those are the story of the game. But I think you have potential based on Colorado's offense as well to go win time of possession, go get it above 35 minutes, maybe even hope for 40. That should be your game plan. You can limit Colorado to, to seven, eight possessions, especially with the new rules of college football. If you can do that, seven, eight possessions from Colorado you have a great chance at winning that football game because Colorado, despite how good they looked on Saturday, it's still a first-year coach and still guys that are gelling together. They're going to make mistakes. It's a depth thing for me. Can they handle getting pounded away at for four quarters? Mm. And they, their equalizer is the two-play drive for 80 yards. Mm. More from Coach Rule. Uh, we'll hear from Coach Prime. Great to be with you on Hale Varsity. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hail Varsity, on a holiday Monday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're presented by Currency. Charlie McBride, 25 minutes away. Jay Moore follows in hour two, 489 You have maybe shifted away from Minnesota. That took a long time to process. Another heartbreaker, but uh, it's really about opportunity uh, for Nebraska and, quite honestly, Colorado. Uh, the week of opportunity. Are you for real or a one-hit wonder if you're Colorado? If you're Nebraska, can you fix some of your issues? Because there was a lot of good and different against Minnesota, but wasn't good enough because you didn't get out of 
and, dodge without a win. And I think one of the things, though, that Husker fans can at least be hopeful about is we've seen Nebraska with the the the, the higher powered offense, the the speed threats. You know what? The offensive line's not a priority. We have seen how much they struggled with the physical brand of Big Ten football that they had to face week in, week out over the past couple of years. We don't know how Colorado is going to respond to that. And I'm not saying that they're going to respond. They could like respond fine. They could respond fine. But we have seen that over a couple of years now of, hey, whenever you have a team that plays ball control and plays physically and, and really wears on you as a game goes on, Nebraska, by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, was more apt to make mistakes. They looked physically beat. They looked mentally tired at times. And, and we haven't seen how Colorado is going to respond to that. If there's reason for hope moving forward, it's TCU was not that. TCU's defense soft as Charmin. Like, I didn't see those guys flying around hitting. They're Clearly off- different than a year ago. Yes. Their offense, very, very different from what Nebraska wants to bring. I mean, TCU's coming out in shotgun just about every single play. It's not the downhill running. It's a lot of zone. You have zone blocking from your Why offensive Why would you line. go away from the run game? Oh, that's right. You want to throw the ball, Sonny. Right? Because you're averaging about seven to carry against the Buffs. I don't know if Nebraska's offensive line is <laughs> Steinkuhler era <laughs> or pipeline good. I don't believe so. But even so, maybe a hammer away. Brennan is passing the uh, passing the collection plate around. We don't need to do this again. I feel dirty if someone chips in money to hear us. That's awesome, Brennan. Thank you so much for that. But, I mean, you, you talk about. I mean, Nebraska ran for damn near five yards per rush against Minnesota, who I think is probably a stingier rushing defense than what Colorado has. And I'm not saying that Nebraska is going to go seven plus yards per carry. That's hard to do, especially whenever Colorado is probably going to know how much you're going to run the football. But that's a that's a major improvement based on what Nebraska has been. You'll get almost five yards per carry against that Minnesota team. You can go in and Nebraska wanted to go in and try and trade blows and punish Minnesota. You can still do that Saturday in Boulder and and make that your priority and game plan. You may not win, but at least you know that they'll be in a fight. Nebraska's <clears throat> got to win this Saturday. Well, and, and if I honestly, they, they got to they got to get out of Dodge in Boulder with a win, not just from a, a psyche standpoint this early in the year, but also for the uh, the trek for six at minimum. It, it it gets it gets difficult, more difficult if you're if you're zero and two. And and I thought a, a lot of Nebraska fans said one and one after Nebraska v Minnesota, one and one versus Nebraska v CU. And a lot of you didn't have Nebraska beating Minnesota anyway. That's fine. But I think the 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 wrench into this is how good and explosive Colorado's looked after one game. Mm-hmm. and just what, what they've been able to come together with. Let's hear from Coach Rule specifically about that Colorado win. How much weight are you putting in just one performance by the Buffs? Well, they have really good coaches, okay? So I think you go back and look at their coordinators, okay? You go back and look at Sean Lewis at Kent State. Sean's, uh, I consider him a friend. Um, he's an excellent coach. He comes out of the Art Bryles, Dino Babers tree, so you know you're going to get the ball run from B-gap to B-gap. You know that they're going to attack you on the perimeter. You know they're going to take 10 deep ball shots a game. They have the guys that can go down the field and go up, and their ball skills are elite. They've got the quarterback who can make those throws. So uh, it's really a perfect storm, perfect hire, you know, that offense, style of offense with that skill set of guys that they have, plus the altitude and tempo in Boulder, right? So it's, it's really well thought out. On defense, um, 
obviously Coach Kelly, you know, comes from the Saban tree. You know, you're watching Florida State film. You're watching. So you can't look at everything just what they did, you know, last week because obviously they were facing a unique offense in TCU. Um, it's, it's like two different worlds of what we played against last week compared to what they're doing. So, um, but we're studying everything, right? You know, obviously they have a lot of new players that we're watching. Um, you know, but we have new players. You know, they're seeing our guys for the first time too. So, um, a lot of work's been done in the summer. A lot of work's being done right now. So, Rule was asked about Coach Prime and the surprise factor because that's part of this week-long, you know, pay your respect procession for Dion. Now that they, not that they covered, but that they won outright, and how they did it. There was a lot of flash and a lot of wow to it. And some incredible performances by guys making their debut at that level of college football. Here's Coach Rule on Coach Prime, and he's not surprised at all that CU came out like they did. No, no. Um, Coach Sanders is a football guy, and so while while you can watch all these peripheral things, like, while, you, while you can see, like you know, they, they show their practices, you, you can watch all the stuff on TV. At the end of the day, like, when has he ever not been serious about football? You know, he's been a head coach now. He's won both places. So um, they've got elite players, elite skill players, and elite players up and down the, the front. Um, they've got a great – anytime you have a great quarterback, you're going to have a chance to win. So I wasn't surprised at all. What, what do you mean football guy? I mean, what goes into that? He's won, every, he's won in everything he's done in football. He's won as a player. He's won as a coach. So – I think everyone, everyone maybe thinks like outside, not me. Everyone else thinks like, well, this is this is all a show, and that, he's he's the most serious person about football. Like his poster was on people's walls for a reason as a player, because he's one of the hardest practicing, hardest playing people that's ever played the game, right? So um, why would we think that his team wouldn't be the same? You know, CJ uh, CJ White's on our staff was a strength coach for him. He told us like early on, like let me tell you how they're going to practice. Let me tell you what they're going to do. So the utmost respect for Coach Sanders, like when he was. Um, when he was the head coach, of, head coach of Trinity Christian, I recruited Quaylen Jones out of there. He's a football guy. Like he's like all the other stuff, the commercials and all those things. Those are extra things you get to do when you're elite at football. But um, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. You know, I mean, I think everything he's ever done in football, he's been successful at, and so he's being successful here already. You got the personality and persona versus the on-field production, and he's a throwback man. He is intense. His toughness requirement is probably up there with some of the, the coaching greats. He's just not been doing it that long. You see him do the Aflac commercial with him and Saban. He brings that damn Buffalo into the uh, the meeting room. <laughs> but they're, uh, they're ahead of schedule. Uh, Nebraska right now, it would have been nice to be 1-0. You're not. And what do you do about it? What do you do about it here by Saturday against uh, Colorado. What do you do with your backs up against a wall? That's kind of the, the talking point. Well, and, and see, we'll hear from, from Coach Rule here in a moment because he was asked about the incremental build, right? And that's how he is. This is a big-picture, long-term thing. And I think part of the problem that you're frustrated with if you're a Nebraska fan is, man, you had it, and you could have been in the same spot uh, ahead of schedule after one game. Uh, and it, it may just take a little longer, but you're looking at Colorado. Hell, they're being championed already. We'll wind down our one. Hail Varsity presented by Currency. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
One final time this hour, the Black Shirt Hours next on Hale Varsity Radio. Charlie McBride, Jay Moore, stick for that. If you're traveling back, thanks for streaming us on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. And take more of your calls here coming up. Coach Prime, though, uh, feeling it a little bit after the win against TCU Saturday. Which cut is that? Uh, pick one. These, these young men in there right now, they believe. Not all of them believed before. But right now, they came up one by one, twos by twos. Coach, we believe. Now they believe. Now Boulder believes. People in the front office, people, people in the building, the fans, the students. Now everybody want to believe. I'm good with that. We got room. <laughs> a little bit more from Prime, uh, and uh, this might have been the interaction with uh, a member of the press. What's up, boss? You believe now? You, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh no. Do you believe now? Huh? Oh no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was classic. <laughs> That's good. And final thought here from Prime. Uh, this was right on the field uh, immediately after the uh, the upset win against number 17 TCU. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful right now. My son, man. My pop right here, My son, man. my other son. Man, I'm loving these kids. Everybody, Buff Nation who supported us in all the hood that had my back. I thank y'all. God, this is good. Woo! I don't know how many snaps he played, but we're going to put a hot tub on the plane for him to make sure he's straight. Next week, Folsom Field, what is your message to the fans of what we can expect from Colorado? We told you we're coming. We told you we're coming. You thought we were joking. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. Ooh, God is good. Travis Hunter, as long as the hot tub's from Deb the Spa Lady, I don't disagree with that. But well, you hear it's it. all prime, baby, and his presser tomorrow going to be must-see TV. Well, you hear what Coach Prime said at halftime of that Colorado TCU game where uh, Travis Hunter, was, they asked him about him, and he said, like, well, well, he's him. We, we, missed him <laughs> we, we, we missed him twice on the deep ball. We would have hit those. That Heisman would be chilling in his crib right now waiting for him. Oh, wow. He is him. That's pretty good. And, and to be That's fair. a big freakout factor, though. Dion got the skill guys, Elijah. They got it distributed to. They can run it as well. And Sanders at quarterback. I mean, the, the, the throws he's making are incredible and he's not sitting back there one mississippi two mississippi it's out of his hand Mm -hmm. and just short and quick so whatever their offensive line truly is or isn't they've made adjustments for it at least through one game against tcu and if dink and dunk is going to be the the way of their offense then try to hit a big play i mean kind of reminds you what scott frost did at nebraska dink and dunk you dink and dunk you and then on the 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 drives where you're going to get points, you got to have that one big play. Nebraska's key defensively, to me, is going to be whenever you have an opportunity, when they get behind the, the sticks, down in distance, that you get them into the second and long or third and long, you have to take advantage and get off the field. Nebraska didn't do that perfectly against Minnesota on Thursday night. They have to against Colorado. They're going to dink and dunk it. They're going to pick up their yards. Whenever you get a chance to get them behind the sticks and Sanders is going to be on a five-step drop, 
get some pressure on him, get yourself off the field, preferably get some pressure with four so you can keep seven in the back end too. There's Got to tackle in space and deal with their speed. Todd emails mm-hmm. in. Colorado doesn't have to play anywhere near as good as they did against TCU, and they beat us. Must be nice to have two to three Trey Palmers. Todd, appreciate you listening. Charlie McBride next hour, two on the way. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. It's Hour 2. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, efforting Coach McBride. Trying to see if we can run Coach McBride down here in a little bit. But uh, some more on Matt Rule, some more comments from you. And uh, Mike chimes in. Interesting uh, thoughts to open up here. I want to know what will happen to Primetime's ego if Nebraska wins. Hope he didn't forget uh, his luggage in Texas. <laughs> if he loses to Nebraska, it won't change his ego one bit. No, he's still the sa- he's always kind of been the same dude. Coach Prime is synonymous with ego, and that's that's not a. I think a lot of people have used that as a reason for why he can't be successful at Colorado or at the college level. I don't think so. That's just naturally ingrained within him. I don't think he'll lose any confidence or any ego should he lose to Nebraska. Um, it might change the tenor of his post-game press conference just a little bit, sure. but I don't think it'll change who he is. No, he's supremely confident, always has been. And uh, I got a kick out of the fact when he was talking about it was he was asked about the attention and you know the uh, the, the spotlight. This was when he was first hired, and his response was hilarious. But it was true. I mean, he he truly felt and meant this. I've been prime a long time. <laughs> I don't get um, uh, intoxicated off of the, the 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 wow. I mean, that's that's who I am. He's always got that swag. He got his kids to to buy in, and even if they didn't believe, at least they played free enough to put a pretty impressive win on the board. Mm-hmm. If uh, if you're Colorado, I mean, that's an awesome first step. In contrast to. What Nebraska's dealing with right now, some good, but a lot of questions, and more so, even this wasn't on your watch, another one score, let's rip your heart out and set it on fire, because it's another one of those, how did you lose that game, right? And you've had a a bunch of them, uh, but just now 0-1 under Matt Rule. I don't see them being a disaster in close moments moving forward. Why? Because if, if guys that helped contribute to the missteps don't fix it, they won't be playing. I do believe that about this team. They will make changes for the better of the team and figure out a, uh, figure out a way to try and win with folks that will give them the best chance to win versus being problematic with turnovers. Well, I think you've just kind of laid out the two biggest storylines for the week outside of, of scheme and what, what individual player matchups there's going to be on Saturday. The two big storylines are, is Colorado able to be poised following their big win last week? You kind of laid out, Prime's been Prime for a long time. He's not going to get too high or too low based on a game. He's going to be okay. His players, not so much. 
this is new to them. I mean, the amount of national attention they're receiving, some of them, like, how are they going to be able to handle that and respond to that as the week goes on? I mean, they're going to be superstars on campus this week. How often are Colorado football players superstars on campus? It's been a while, probably dating back to the 90s. Are they going to be able to handle that and, and be poised through that this week, still focus on the work and still look ahead to what's what's looming with Nebraska? On the flip side, with Nebraska, a lot of people have said over the past couple of days, and I agree with them, there were a lot of positives from that game last Thursday night. I think overall, Nebraska not only looked like a better team than they were last year as a whole, I think your exceptions are quarterback and wide receiver, but I think they look like the better team when you compare them head-to-head with Minnesota. I think Nebraska, aside from the turnovers, which is the big story, like looked like the better football team. Minnesota made winning moments and winning time. That's your difference in the game. And that's what the concern is for Nebraska. And that's what the storyline is going to be this week is, is Nebraska going to be able to make winning plays during winning time? Or is that something that's just so naturally ingrained within this team that it's going to be a harder fix than, than what maybe Matt Rule anticipated or maybe what Husker Nation anticipated? How long does that switch take to flip is it going to be something where you know what after one of those Matt Rules knows the buttons to push and can get them moving in the right direction after one game is that going to be something that's going to take a year is that going to be something that's going to take two to three years with new talent coming in young faces emerging we don't know that's the the question mark and that's going to be the storyline for Nebraska until they prove otherwise that they're going to be able to make winning plays and winning moments. Until that flips, that's going to be the storyline. And if Nebraska can do that next week, I think they have a good chance of coming out in Boulder with a win because it's going to be a different task for Colorado, what Nebraska presents with them. I I am subscribed to the belief that it's going to be a close game in Boulder mm-hmm. on Saturday. Can yes. Nebraska make winning plays during winning time? If they can, I think they can leave with a win. David has a great question. Can Nebraska score more than 20 points? Yeah. They can. Will they? Uh, is is the? I don't know. If I had a crystal ball, we'd go to the warhorse. <laughs> but I, I I think the offense can be better. I think if they can take care of the ball, they can pop some things in the fourth quarter. I think if they can hit and get after the Colorado skill guys and maybe uh, Pinata uh, Sa- Sanders a little bit uh, in in the pocket now. That's that's kind of my recipe right there for how you get out of Boulder alive. Yeah, Nebraska can score. Uh, is the defense at Minnesota and Colorado comparable? I don't think so. Is Nebraska's offense going to be any better? Or are they going to be still super one-dimensional with quarterback run game, then maybe a little uh, running back run game, and then some safe passing game? Is that going to be enough to, to get it done offensively. Nebraska is going to probably need a defensive score, some field position help, and uh, special teams play. Well, that, 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 to me, is all part of this. How do they get out with an outright win? And I don't think you necessarily need Sims to be better, but you need him to be smarter. And those th- two things go hand in hand. Colorado, I have a feeling they're going to have seven or eight guys in the box a lot sure. against and then, Nebraska. And, and why wouldn't you? With, with what I saw against TCU, I think Nebraska, especially running the football, is going to have the advantage there. They're going to have linebackers in the box. I think they're going to be bringing some safeties down. Is Jeff Sims able to take advantage of one-on-one coverage? Is he able to hit the open man when he's open? Is he able to go through his progression properly? Like, the dreaded can he questions. beat? The dreaded make him beat us with his arm. <laughs> that's that's what's being written up on the whiteboard in Boulder right now. Make him beat you with his arm. But back to the original question: Can Nebraska score more than twenty points? 
I think realistically, if you eliminate turnovers, Nebraska could have and should have had 20 points against Minnesota on Thursday night if you eliminate the turnovers. Big if. If, 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 right. Big if. Jeff Sims, that's what he's done in his career is he has turned the football 10 points over. left on the field. But if you're able to take care of that, yeah, I think you left 10 points on the field. And I think Nebraska is probably playing a better defense in Minnesota than they'll face in Colorado. I think Colorado's got a lot of talent on the back end. I think Minnesota had a lot of talent on the back end. But Nebraska was able to accumulate some yards, and they also – I mean, with Minnesota's time of possession battle that they were fighting as well, I think Nebraska's probably going to have some more opportunities against Colorado as well to get some points on the board. Can you take care of the football? Can you convert on the end of drives? Can Jeff Sims be smarter? All big questions. And, and you finish. And, we'll, uh, and we'll, we'll probably end up catching up with Charlie at some point this week. Uh, it may be grill time and celebration. So uh, let's hear from Matt Rule. And this was uh, asked by Eric Olson of the Associated Press the topic of, of the two builds going on. You've got a long-term renovation here in Nebraska, the way Rule's gone after it, and then you've got the uh, 87 scholarships and flip, the quick flip and turn that, that Coach Dion's done. And so far, the buffs early look pretty good. You guys got the big new game on Fox uh, this week, and so probably the big storyline is going to be about the compare and contrast of how you're going about trying to build this thing and how Sanders is trying to build this thing out in Colorado. You call yourself an incrementalist, guys, and, and you've spoken about kind of what your methodology is for building a program, but I guess what's kind of your compare and contrast with your political programs and how we go about it? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry to do this here. I respectfully, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I can't talk about anybody else. I just, for me, um, you know, you know, some guys in the portal that we have a relationship with, you know, or we have respect for or we know or something, they fit us. You know, obviously we'll take some of those guys. We're going to try to recruit high schools as much as possible, specifically local guys. Um, you know, it's always taken me a couple of years to get the program up and running, you know, and usually I feel like when it's done, like, you know, we, we got to Temple, we lost the championship game, we won it the next year. They won, they won for a couple of years after that with a new coach. Um, I went to Baylor. We lost the championship game in year three. COVID here, year four, those same kids, you know, won it, won the Big 12, won the Sugar Bowl. So I only know how to kind of do it one way. The rules are a little different now. But, you know, I respect anybody that's just trying to figure out how to win. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so there's different ways of doing it. So um, however however Coach Sanders is doing it, however Luke Fickle's doing it, however everybody's doing it, um, it's not really for me to say. Uh, for me, it's just, hey, this is how we're doing it. And, um uh, this recruiting class that we have right now to us, is, as I said last week, is a really big one for us as we move forward. But obviously, you know, they're, they're going to be a ranked team. So what they're doing is working. So that was Rule's response on how you go about making the sausage. And sausage looks pretty good right now in, in Boulder because they're 1-0 and they're ranked and they're being celebrated and championed. Right now you're frustrated that you let one get away. But uh, – you know, here is a, a, a re- real thing Saturday. We talk about style points, right? How do styles transcend across conferences? Uh, typically, if you go play a Pac-12 team or, or play a Pac-12 style, you get your brains beat, beat in in the Big Ten. Uh, sometimes the, uh, the matchup's in your favor because you're too fast. It may hurt if you get hit. And you may not be able to stand up to it, but they're not going to catch you. Okay? So Colorado has that, – that's just it. It's going to be wailing away and physical 
if Nebraska is going to stay in this thing and, and have a chance to win versus the – it's going to be the size and power versus the speed. And I'm not saying Colorado's not strong, but just from a, from a body type standpoint, Nebraska's strength is going to be on the lines of scrimmage and, and point of attack. They, they should have that advantage. Now, Elijah, tell me if I'm wrong, but Nebraska time and time again defensively against Minnesota – and it wasn't vintage Minnesota, and I'm not taking anything away from Nebraska. But how about the some of the plays the defense kept making? They got some three and outs in the second half. How about that sack by the polar bear? I mean, he looks like a new dude uh, from a quickness and agility standpoint. For him to, to bust that double team, shoot through, and then chase down a pretty athletic quarterback for that big third down sack, I mean, Nebraska had a chance to get the ball back. They did, and it was the defense making the play. Now, the defense wasn't perfect. They had to be, unfortunately, Thursday night. But you're seeing guys like uh, Javen Wright. You're seeing guys like Singleton that are difference makers. They are fast and they are physical. And from a size and body type standpoint, that'll be not an easy situation for Colorado. It goes both ways here. It's, wow, they've got four wideouts. They've got elite speed. they got a great play caller and, and quarterback. And uh, the defense did enough in the red zone, a couple of turnovers, to, 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 to shy TCU away. Nebraska's going to want to play this game a certain way. They'll have to. And uh, it'll be emphasized. Now take care of the football, hold on to the football, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if Colorado can, uh, can repeat a performance of, of wow in week two, as like they did week one. Well, I mean, Colorado had some reliance on the big play against TCU. That was one of Nebraska's strengths against Minnesota. I think the longest play Minnesota had was 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a pass. So, yeah, 20 yards. Like, like Nebraska did really well bending but not breaking. That's going to be your game plan against Min- or against Colorado, I should say. Offensively, TCU had success running the football. I think Nebraska, that's going to be their game plan. I think they're probably going to find some success running the football. Again, as I laid out the beginning of the segment, the big question to me is, is Nebraska going to be able to make more plays during winning time than Colorado? I think that's what a lot of games this season are going to come down to. And as of right now, I, I do feel a little dubious about that because of how it turned out against Minnesota and the fact that you only have nine days to try to turn some of those things around. You weren't able to get it turned around through nine months. Maybe. Maybe there's a, a button that Matt Rule can push or a couple buttons that Matt Rule can push. He, he's He's been around the block as a college coach. I'm sure this isn't the first time that his team has lost a heartbreaker at the end because the other teams are able to make more plays. Are you able to respond from that? Are you able to get better from that? And are you able to go make more winning plays during winning time? Because Colorado's got some big-time players. And what have we said about big-time players? They make big-time plays in big-time moments. That's why Colorado went and beat TCU the other night. Or the afternoon, I should say. Nebraska did not make big-time plays in big-time moments. Are you able didn't to make enough script? of them and didn't stop enough of them. Last thought from Coach Rule before we get to Jay Moore, uh, specifically blocking out the hype. You've got the local hype. You've got the statewide hype. It's Nebraska, Colorado. You've got the national hype with Coach Prime doing what he did in week one. I'm saying it because this is exactly what I'm saying to the team. I'm saying, like, make it football, right? Like, all that's what it is, right? But it's still going to come down to blocking and tackling. And, you know, I think they went down They went down to TCU last week. And while everyone thought it was, you know, going to be all this stuff, they played football. They went out there, they caught the ball, they made people – they played good football and they won the game. So, like, we're just going to try to make it football. Like, 
we're lucky we had, unfortunately, the loss last week, but we had the we, it was game one of the season, and the other team did a, a, like a gold out. Like, how often does it happen the first game of the year, right? So, like, we recognize every game we play in, every, every game the Nebraska Cornhuskers in is going to be a big game. And so for a team to do that in the first game of the year, it was really, really loud. I thought, you know, Minnesota had a great student section. Obviously, a lot, all of our, a lot of our mistakes happened down in their student section, which was unfortunate for us. We have to learn from that. But last week happened maybe to prepare us for this week, you know, or maybe prepare us for the future. But we'll be a significantly better team after these first two weeks of being on the road in these two environments when we come back home and then when we go on the road late in the year. Um, but in terms of preparing for it, it's football. Like, if we can't lock in and just play football, then – you know, nothing I say will matter. You know, it's the, the pregame pageantry, all that stuff. That'll all be over. It'll be uh, it'll be football once the game kicks off. Well, got to do it. And uh, Nebraska moving on back to work tomorrow. We'll have thoughts from some players as uh, they'll meet the media around noon. And, uh, yeah, Jay Moore's coming up, part of our Black Shirt Monday. Try and get reconnected with Coach McBride for uh, some time this week. But some of the Husker names you want to hear and some names that, well, made you stressed during that legendary Colorado-Nebraska showdown over the years. Jay Moore's on the way. It's Hale Varsity, a holiday Monday. We're presented by Currency. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Blackshirt Hour continues. Jay Moore with us. He's also logging time on a holiday at jmore44 on Twitter. Jaybird, how was the weekend? Thanks for uh, joining us today. Yeah, the weekend was good. It's finally nice to have something to watch on the weekends. You know, I'm a big golf guy, obviously, so golf's winded down here, and now it's football time. So it was plenty of things to do. Kind of laid low this weekend, and and just get ready for the official start of fall. All right, so takeaways, we got to get your thoughts on, on the Nebraska-Minnesota game before we dive into full buff week. And it was there, and then it wasn't for Nebraska. Do you come away encouraged or, or man, kind of thinking what could have been? Is this uh, a tough way to go into another road game against a bitter rival? Yeah, tell you what, it's you could – you can kind of go at it one of two ways. You can be somewhat optimistic, I believe, or you can be completely pessimistic and say things are never going to change. This is the way it's been for, you know, six years. We let games go. We have complete control of the game. We just can't finish it out. Or you can say, okay, you know, things we're under. A, it's a it's a whole different ball game. We you know we had we had some issues, but you're going to have issues in the first game. You're going to have issues when you have a new quarterback, a new staff, and you're on the road on a Thursday night against a Big Ten uh, opponent. Things are, you know, things aren't going to go your way, and you can look at the positive and say, "Hey, the defense—they're good. They're, you can you can rely on them, and you're going to have to rely on them all year." And then you can say, you know, "In their ability to stop the run," and I know they struggled to get off the field on third down at times, but they made some nice adjustments in the second half. Minnesota really couldn't do much unless we gave them the football, which we did, unfortunately. Uh, but overall, I, I, I'm not—I'm not encouraged. I'm not. Um, I'm not discouraged at all. I'm not. I'm definitely not pessimistic. I saw some good things. I'm just not. I'm just. In the, I'm definitely in the mode of not. I'm just not going to overreact to one game. 
it's just it's just been one game and it, you just want to boil it down to the most simplest things and it's just football 101 it'll be football until the end of time is you cannot turn the football over you have to control the ball you can't be careless of it i don't care if you're playing at home or away against a big 10 opponent or not you turn the ball over three or four times and you're negative three in the turnover category you're going to struggle to beat anyone in college football anymore so it's just simple as that you got to take you got to take care of the football and that's the only thing that was discouraging to me was you know, you have to you have to do those things, and whether it was Anthony Grant or, or Jeff Sims, uh, they they have a they, just, they, don't, they didn't take care of the football, and that's that's why we lost the football game. It's Jay Moore with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, and Jay. I don't think anyone doubts that this football team will get some of those things cleaned up as the year goes on. This team is going to be a lot better once November rolls around. But my question to you is, how much can you realistically get done in? a week in two days. And that's where Nebraska does have a bit of an advantage this week is that they have a little more off time before Colorado as opposed to, to Colorado playing on Saturday morning. But how much can realistically get cleaned up within just a week? Well, I, I think decision-making for Jeff Sims can get cleaned up. I, I, I would hope so. You, I hope he's, you know, sitting down with Satterfield and saying, okay, where do, where, what do I need to improve on? Obviously, there's a lot to improve on. And in these certain situations, and when this play is called, and you see this coverage, you, immediately you can't, you know, you got to look to do this or whatever it may be. I'm not, a, I'm not a quarterback guru by any means. But obviously you cannot do, we cannot keep performing on offense uh, the way we did on, on Thursday night against Minnesota. And, and that from the quarterback standpoint, because that's, that's going to be the case. And uh, we got to find someone else to play that position. It, the most important thing as a quarterback is you got to take care of the football can't be careless with the football. Jeff Sims was very, very careless with that football on Thursday night. Uh, I think you can you can make some adjustments, and you can see. And the, the, here's the thing is, you can you finally got tape on guys to see how they're actually performing against a different opponent. It's one thing to coach tape when you're playing against the number one defense or the number two defense, but now you got live action, real bullets are flying, right? And you can go ahead and coach this thing now. And you can say, hey, and it, I, I'm I, – I'm guessing, I'm almost guaranteeing that Jeff Sims is falling back on some bad habits or some things he they, they've tried to correct in, in previous practices or previous scrimmages. And kind of that's what happens when you get uh, you get some pressure and you get in some different situations, you kind of fall back on some bad habits in game one. And I think I think those can get easily corrected, you know, because it just has to. I don't know if, they, if it does, this is going to be a long season for this offense. Jay, what can you lean on? offensively what do you like what do you think of the o-line and let's transport that to boulder uh, they wanted a shootout their their skill spots are phenomenal they got a stud quarterback uh, they got an opportunistic opportunistic defense and a really nice back end as you would expect with coach prime how he would want his secondary to play but all right what's what is the game plan what do you go and take with you to Boulder uh, to, to get some points and not have to to, to be a non-complimentary football team for a second week on the road. Yeah. You know, the offensive line, to answer your first question, I don't know. Uh, I, there's some issues. I think we got some things going. I wasn't – I don't like our pass protection. Uh, they got home just bringing three guys a, a, a few times. That That's a little concerning to me. But look, going forward, I think <laughs> you're going to have to run the football. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to take some time time off the clock, especially nowadays when uh, you know the clock doesn't stop at first down. So I think you got to come into this game and say, hey, 
you saw what they can do on offense, right? Against I don't know how good TCU is. I know they 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 lost dang near both, every starter off both sides of the ball. So I don't I don't know how good TCU truly is. Uh, but Colorado is exponentially better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. They got some dudes on offense. Defense uh, don't know yet either. I mean they they get some big points to to, to uh, TCU. And again, if TCU doesn't turn the ball over twice inside their own ten yard line, that's they they win handily as well. So, but I think. This, this team has to run the football, and I think they have to run the football Jeff Sims. I don't think they're good enough yet on the offensive line to say, hey, it's 10 on 11, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. I think you need to have Jeff Sims count the run game, and that you have to keep teams honest. I, and hopefully that effectively opens up the, the passing game somehow, some way. But you better look at this thing as a four-minute drill every quarter. I just don't, I just don't think – uh, especially the Colorado game, this offense, what I've seen so far through one game, this this offense is dynamic and they're explosive. Uh, Shredder Sanders was takes care of the football. He rarely puts it in bad spots. It's going to be tough to get some turnovers. So we better we better com, com, you know fully commit to the run game and shorten this football game. And especially when they want to go up tempo and you're playing at altitude where the oxygen the oxygen levels aren't uh, <laughs> those are. It burns. Trust me. I played. I played in Boulder, and it, it it hits you hard, really quick. So, I I just love to see them commit to this run game and just say, hey, let's let's see if we can handle it. See if our defense can slow you down and just kind of make this a, a battle inside of a phone booth. Jay, tell me about that that element of playing at altitude because I've gone on walks at altitude in Denver and I feel short of breath. It's 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 legit. And... So I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jay, I want to get your thoughts as a, as a defensive guy. Just how important it is to be able to, to get some moments to sit on that bench and relax. Because as you laid out, Colorado's going to want to go fast. They have athletes all over the place. That's going to be a, a tough challenge for your defense if they have to have a lot of snaps out there. Like, Is Nebraska going to be going for 40 minutes of time of possession if possible on Saturday? Is that going to be your game plan to win? I would love that. That'd be fantastic. If Nebraska has the ball for 40 minutes, unless Colorado scores on you know two or three play drives and, you know, and there is – up and down the field, I, I think Nebraska won the game if we had the time of possession for 40 minutes. It, but it's different. It just it's it just the lungs burn so much quicker in in an altitude. It's yeah that that first drive you kind of can get you, you get used to it a little bit throughout the game, but it's it's it hits you quick. And, and I think that the nice thing is Nebraska played a lot of guys defensively mm-hmm. and overall you know offense defense in this game to create some sort of depth and get some. Uh, you know, get some experience with some, a lot of these young kids. So I, I think that's going to help them out. You can you can see again. You can coach guys on real life game tape and and get them prepared as best as possible. But it's they got it's going to be a different different aspect. Uh, they're going to have to they're going to have to kill them third down. I, I think they I think they can they can you know hang their hat on first and second down. But they did struggle early in the game. I think Minnesota was four or five in the first half on third down on those conversions. So you got to improve on that a little bit. But if you can somehow Again, this is a game with this type of offense. You hold them three points. This is a, you hold them three points, and that's that's a win uh, for the defense in a, in, a, in, a, in a game. Whereas this Colorado offense is is, a, is as explosive as as we've seen. Jaybird, what'd you think of of Nebraska's defensive line? Uh, big plays by Polar Bear and Robinson was active before he got booted. Overall, did you like the black shirts? Yeah, I thought they were, they played really really well. I think like I, the really only you know mistakes they had were you know not get off the field on third down and then they make that play on third down at the corner of the end zone. I, I you know as a secondary uh, the cornerback 
you all the help was on the inside. One place you could not get beat was to the corner, and he did kind of ran a post, a post corner route, and just ate him up. It was a great, it was a great play. It was a great catch by the receiver from Minnesota. But overall, holding Minnesota to less than seventy-five yards rushing. I mean, it was the last time Minnesota rushed for less less than a hundred yards. Syracuse, Syracuse a year ago, but I know yeah, your point. Yeah. Yeah. The last right. time they played the three-three-five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, so that is that was that was great to see. And again, they did not. They had some, you know, some time to move the ball, but the, I thought the D line provided a ton of pressure. Uh, the quarterback was kind of running. There's multiple times we should have got him down, but he, the quarterback for Minnesota just did a fantastic job of getting out of pressure and escaping and getting rid of the ball and throwing it away. So overall, I'm, I'm pleasantly pleased. I just think this defense is got to make, you know, unfortunately they're going to make more plays on defense to keep us in it for the rest of the year. Probably have to score on defense somehow, some way. And you're going to make, you're going to rely on some guys to make some plays in crunch time. You know, I'd love to see Isaac Gifford come up that, you know, interception in the, in the end zone there. We need, we need big time players to make big time plays in big time games and every game this season is big time. Cause I don't just the way that I've seen so far and just how the season's going to go. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a grind amount games for, uh, for many of the, uh, for the rest of the year. So I think this defense is going to have to step up and play well and make some plays. But, but overall, before I see for 60 minutes from Minnesota, I, I am, I'm very, very happy with what I saw. Few more minutes. Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Jay Moore, you find him on Big Red Wrap Up uh, during the season Tuesday nights. Follow him on Twitter at Jay Moore forty four. We'll get uh, some thoughts on the trip to Boulder for Nebraska, Colorado. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Real quick reminder about buckling up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink? Don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Podcast for you, Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Subscribe to it on those platforms and uh, take us with the segment you want to hear or the entire show. Jay Moore continues with us a holiday Monday with Hale Varsity. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore is with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio as we talk Nebraska, Minnesota. Put a bow on that and look ahead to Nebraska, Colorado. And Jay, we were discussing the 3-3-5, how Minnesota saw that against Syracuse. They, they didn't uh, run the ball all that effectively there. And now against Nebraska, it's the same story. And whenever you look ahead to Colorado, the first defense they played this year was TCU, who runs the 3-3-5. Is that advantage Nebraska to be able to see some of the ways that Colorado attacked the 3-3-5 in game one? Or is that advantage Colorado, the fact that they've already played a 3-3-5 defense and have gotten to figure out some things that work against that scheme? What's your take on that? Yeah, kind of six when I have a dozen the other. I, I think, again, I haven't seen enough of what we, you know, if I could go back and compare them and watch both games, we're kind of interested to see how we do things. I, that's, that's the beauty of the 3-3-5. You can kind of turn it into being near whatever you want. But I don't, I mean, just to see what they did, against TCU uh, makes me on it with their three, three, five concerns me. It definitely does concern me, but I think these guys, our guys are, I think our defense is better than TCU's. I re- really do, N- you know, not to short TCU out by any means, but I just, they, they look like they were seeing ghosts a lot of, a lot of the game against uh, Colorado. So uh, I think overall the defense is in for a long, it's not, not a long day. It's going to be a challenge. It's definitely gonna be a challenge. They just got to get up the field on third down, hold them to three points if you can, and just hope that the offense can take care of the football. You got to take care of the football. If we can somehow not turn it over or somehow end the game and even, 
I, I kind of lean towards Nebraska here, even though I thought, you know, before this game, before we, uh, I saw Colorado play, I thought we were going to be all right against Colorado. It's my uh, my tone has definitely changed after seeing them play TCU. That's just it. Everyone's tone flipped. It went from, God, here you go again with another close loss, and how the hell did that happen, to pour a bloody Saturday morning, shake the cobwebs, and whoa, who is this Colorado team, and how did he do it? in game one with 70 new faces. They look tough. They look fast. They look acrobatic. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a, it's going to need to be a heavy dose of Big Ten football in Boulder with tackling and physicality and nine guys on the line and let's just go rugby. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking at thought bubbles from Coach Rule and company, I mean, you can, you can muck this game up with what you think you can do well, and that's just go lean on them. Lean on them for 12 rounds, so to speak, and just try and keep them in front of you. Uh, they're going to hit some plays, but can you limit their opportunity? I mean, that's that's my formula right now, uh, looking at it early. I, You know the other part of this, Jay, and you can talk to this. How does Colorado respond, and we started the show off with this, to this national love fest? Yeah. Prime's prime uh and he's got all sorts of receipts to sort through of course with the uh, the naysayers the doubters the non-believers as he called them and there's a there's a line of us that said uh, he may get it done it's either going to be good or terrible and you're one for him and man he came out of the gate and and delivered can they deliver a second week in a row after back slaps all week after national request after the attention after the after the spotlight and then you got Nebraska on the flip side coming in, no doubt, pissed off. I mean, it just sets up from a psychological standpoint. You play on the field, I get it, but that's it's difficult for guys not to to feel like they've arrived after a big wow moment. I initially my mind went there as well. Because you can use the negativity, the naysayers, the non believers, and you can you can use that to your advantage. But how are you gonna use it when people give me so much love now? I mean, he's they, he's done a fantastic job. Yes, I'll give him that. I absolutely. Was not, that was not even – did not expect that at all to see them go into a team that played for the national championship last year on the road, first game of the year, and do what they did. Completely surprised. But it's going to be tougher. It's going to be tougher now to say, hey, you got to – there's there's a lot of people that are singing your praises. There's people that, you know, said, hey, Prime has got to figure this thing out whatever he did in the off season with all the changes, his coaching hires were fantastic. He's got it figured out. He's got the new era of college football figured out with all the transfer portal. And now what do you do? You know, there's no more receipts to, to check because everything checks out fine all of a sudden. So I, that's going to be interesting to see the psychological battle. And you could say, you know, Nebraska, obviously people here in, in you know, in Nebraska are the fans, they, there's a lot more negativity. And you could say, hey, look at, you can take whatever whatever comments, whoever's you know the, the newspaper clippings, and you can say hey, people don't believe us. You know they don't believe in you now. They don't think you can go into Colorado and beat this team. They think you're going to start off zero and two. And what are you going to do about it? Can you flip this thing around? Can you make a statement and say, hey, we've we've bought into our process. We bought into these things, and we're going to learn from our mistakes. So it's going to be the the psychological warfare is, is somewhat interesting. But I I tell you what about the first you know a couple series that stuff goes away you mm-hmm. kind of just become who you are so it's, it's easy to have that stuff early in the game but once once the things kind of kicked off everyone kind of settles into the game all that psychological stuff 
you know, goes away, you better better prepared very, very well in the in the previous weeks. Otherwise, you're going to lose that football game. Jay, Matt Rule said last week before Minnesota that he didn't really care about a fast start. Uh, he'd be laughing on this island if, uh, if Minnesota returned a kick for a touchdown because it's about making it to the fourth quarter and being in the game there. And we, we saw the results of that on Thursday night. It clearly wasn't what Matt Rule wanted. But do you think that story changes at all with the Colorado game? Do you worry about them playing in front of the home fans? It's Coach Prime's home debut. Do, do you worry about the momentum getting away from Nebraska based on what we saw last week? Should Colorado jump out of Nebraska early? Potentially, because if our offense is struggling. But again, I, I don't think... Colorado's defense is the 85 Bears by any means. <laughs> I, I think they have their own issues to worry about. So I think we might be able to get some things going offensively. But if you you start this thing off 14 nothing in a bad an eye, that's gonna be a hard thing to battle back from. I just don't think our offense has that kind of firepower unless they they figure something out in you know in the nine days in between the games. So overall, I tell you what, it's just again. My tone has completely changed. <laughs> I, I thought this was going to be not an easy win, but a very uh, convincing win for Nebraska. Now, now I'm just I, I, can we can we slow this offense down, and can the offense not can our offense not make so many mistakes to where we can keep this thing within reach going into the fourth quarter? Jay will get really different. Jay will get you out on this. Sorry to step on you, but uh, the mystique, the rivalry, the bitterness, Nebraska, Colorado. Uh, was that something you grew up with? How did you treat this game as a player? And uh, was it a special matchup for you with Nebraska-Colorado? Oh, it was. I think, you know, Oklahoma, growing up as a kid, it was always Oklahoma Friday after Thanksgiving. But obviously when the Big 12 was established, that and you got Colorado every year after Thanksgiving. I hated Colorado. I still hate Colorado. I hate them. They're just, they're just trashy. You know, they're just – I don't think this – it's like – look, Lynn, I, uh, I have friends that play for Colorado that I played with in professional ball. They're all good people. But I just remember even we went out there my junior year and beat them, what, 30-3, to three, uh, Joel Klatt's senior year, and, and took it to them. They already sealed the Big 12 North. To, I think they ended up playing Texas against Smoke. But – and that was, you know, that was um, – that was the game the fans got – the student section got kicked out. I mean, what kind of – Place where we your student section literally get kick, kicks out in the third quarter. I mean, what are we what are we doing here? And but it's just Boulder, you know. It's kind of those that's that university. I just they just give me the EBGs a little bit, but it's that's a good thing, right? You want that, you want that rivalry, and you want to feel that way about a team because the same thing is you know is they feel about us. They can't even wear red inside that building, so there you know there's there's some hatred there as well. Jay, looking forward to it. We'll get checked in again, and we'll see if. Nebraska comes back one and one, or it's a tough zero and two start. We'll see if Coach Prime and the Buffs keep their uh, their love fest going. Good to spend some time today. Yep, thanks, boys. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, a Monday holiday Monday edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, thanks for. Your time today, if you're driving back or just chilling, is tomorrow. Loaded up on the show. Mitch Sherman will join us. Maybe a Coach McBride sighting. And then former standout quarterback with the Colorado Buffs, part of the Buffs support team, Darian Hagan, going to join us on the show. So plenty of 
Colorado, Nebraska nostalgia this week. We are out at Big Red of the Rockies Thursday, 4 to 6 Central Time, 3 to 5 Mountain Time on Thursday. So if you are going to be in Colorado, uh, see uh, the mountains. If you're kicking it up there in Estes or uh, not far from Boulder, I know it's not uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump, but come see us, Big Red of the Rockies, uh, 3 to 5 Mountain, 4 to 6 Central Thursday. And then also going to be at the Gary Michaels event, Tommy Frazier, Adam Carricker on Friday. Blur parties, where we're going to be at on Saturday, pregame and postgame with Real Red Reaction. So we are loaded up and set to go for Boulder. But come see us in Estes Park, Big Red of the Rockies, Thursday. Awesome gear. You need some Nebraska gear. You need some of that, some of that good luck Nebraska gear in, in the mountains in Estes. I think that's a win. I'm going to have to talk to our man Gary and see if we can get... The, the, the big red of the Rockies logo is beautiful. It is. They have a sweet polo. Oh, the, you want a black one? I do. <laughs> I do want one of those black polos. You knew it right off the bat. I might have to see if I can work that a little bit while we're, while we're there. Because I do love that polo. And, and Shmini, while we're here, I do want to... Mm-hmm. To, to bring light of something. We are here working on a Labor Day. So if you like the show today, how you can support us, you can tip us in the YouTube no, chat. No, no, no. But no, no, I no. wasn't going to suggest that. I said you can if you feel Don't so inclined. Just the, keep listening. The be- yeah, really that's what I say. The best way to keep on supporting us is to listen to us, download us in podcast form, leave us a review there, even if it's ugly. We would like to know what we mm-hmm. can do better. Drop a like on YouTube or, again, if you're listening on the radio, just podcast keep on listening. as well, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the audio part. But the, the video portion, the Hail Varsity YouTube, was born about a year ago. Mm-hmm. At least the show part of it was while we were in Ireland. I'm getting the reminders of what I was doing a year ago. And I was with Cranach, just got back from Minnesota with Cranach, our Saturday morning compadre. But a year ago at this time, we were on Uncle Ted's yacht. Uh-huh. Well, boat. But it look, it's, it's not a boat to me because when I think of boats, I think of my grandpa's yellow fishing boat that had four seats. Ted's boat didn't have just four seats. Ted's boat had a downstairs. Ted's boat had a place to, I don't know, put your drink. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Ireland a year ago. But fast forward to now, Owen oh, one Nebraska trying to uh, shake it off and get geared up. Players tomorrow, reaction from some of the players tomorrow for Nebraska, Darian Hagan, Mitch Sherman, dot 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 maybe more to come so uh, check us out again and uh, give us the the, uh, subscribe and the thumbs up or down or however you want to vote you just do it but the hail varsity youtube channel give that a subscription it is free and uh, the hail varsity radio twitter feed give that a follow at h varsity radio can find elijah on twitter at herbal essence and uh, schmidt underscore radio for me uh chris schmidt a big thanks to Jay Moore today. Thanks to you for all your input and communication in the stream and the phone calls. Uh, Brennan hits it home. Good show, fellas. Thanks. Go get a steak. I got burgers at home. I'm gonna make I have recovered from my, uh, my meat overdose over the weekend. Back tomorrow at 4. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.